Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another edition of Adventures in Careerland. Adriana Magnifico. I'm the career lead at the Louis Riel Arts and Technology Center. And that's a very cool place in the Louis Riel School Division. It's one of those special places where students get an opportunity to step off the beaten path and choose a space that may better connect to their sensibilities, to their curiosities. So there's things like automotive technology, baking and pastry arts, culinary arts, childhood educator, electrical trades, aesthetics, new media design, plumbing, you name it, there's an opportunity here. And it's very cool for a student who's done the same thing from K to 12 to say, I've got to try something different. That's a great decision. And it's a tough decision in a high school to do because we get into our routines in life and we generally don't like to change them. Change is a tough thing. So I'm really fortunate to work with some students in the broadcast media program. That's one of the gems. It's my favorite program. It's where we do adventures in Careerland, and we're in the podcast studio in the broadcast media program. And it's a, it's a great place. We have a production team who's helping to put this podcast together. Geneva's in the studio, and Phoenix in the studio. And there are producers, and they're sitting in a room. They're going to be taking care of us, making sure everything gets done. They're going to be editing this later, making sure it gets ready to upload and send to the public. So to our eight or nine listeners out there, this is quality stuff, I'm telling you. And I'm always very pleased and privileged to work with two students from the broadcast media program. And, of course, I'm with Caitlin Middlestad. Caitlin, how are you? I'm good. Uh, you're good. I like that. <laughs> Caitlin's good. And she's super excited because what did I give you this morning? Gave us an Adventures in Careerland shirt. How excited is that? And look how excited you are. And how excited is that? I like it. It's so cute. It's so cute. It's our, it's our logo. But I... Again, I'm super glad you're part of this team. And this is part of a duo that will be working with us for the whole semester right till June. And then into the next semester next year. Our second co-host is Caden Seidler. Caden, how are you? I'm great. How are you? All right. And, of course, you're, you're sporting the beautiful T-shirt yeah. now, too. Yeah. Now we look like a team. Yes, Because you don't become a team until you get the shirts. Yeah. I think that I think the Winnipeg Jets would have trouble if they all were wearing different shirts. Yeah, that'd be tricky. You, you wouldn't know who to pass to, right? They come in other colors, or we gonna have. Uh... They come in other colors. <laughs> what a picky guy! I gave this to him ten minutes ago, and he wants a new color. I like, I like the color. But that fits it beautifully. Hey, my question for both of you today is: I saw the broadcast media students out in the hallway, running around, taking videos, taking pictures, working out scripts, running up and down, finishing doing, and it. it it occurred to me that may be the reason why you choose a space like this, correct? Yeah. Why did, how is that a good reason? And think about that as an educational piece you're working on. Is that important for you to be getting out of that classroom, walking around, creating on your own? Talk about that for a second. Caitlin, what do you think? I think it's important. I think it's a good part. What were you doing this morning? We were shooting like what we think a sequence is, so like a series of, event, of, of events. and. Um, I was doing mine on a f weird football game <laughs> out in the parking lot, but yeah, it was fun. And then you're going to have to video edit and take it back. Yeah, we're going to have to edit it and then hand it in. So. All right. Now, why is that more interesting than doing 
it in the classroom back at your high school? Um, well, I don't, like my high school, you just have to sit down all day, same thing, taking notes. But now, like, we get to put the notes that we were taking to work, I guess. So it's nice wow. to be out and about and doing things and actually, like, hands-on. That's a great explanation. Yeah. That was hallmark potential. Yeah. So well done. <laughs> Very good. Caden, you were out in the hallway. What were you doing? Yeah, uh, we were doing a little scene by the vending machine, uh, trying to put a bunch <laughs> of this guy. He's having trouble. He's putting coins in, but he's having trouble. He starts shaking. You know, it's like a little little story. But uh, but it is fun. I like getting all the class. It's uh, it'll get your brain a break. You don't have to sit at the desk and stare at a screen, even though you're staring at your phone still. But it's fun. You get to go around the class or the school. And I don't think we actually have much to do in real class today. So yeah. yeah. So what do you mean? You're in the podcast well, studio. What do you besides mean? Besides this, and, uh, <laughs> there's lots to do, but uh, fun stuff today. My embarrassment knows no stuff. bounds. Don't worry. Don't worry. Thanks for that. Anyway, hey, so uh, this is the kind of learning that's very important. I think that high schools lack, and I've taught high school for a long time. In fact, we have a guest today who was in my high school class way back in 1994 and 5, I believe, around that era, at River East Collegiate. And um, we're, pretty, we're pretty fortunate. He's actually in the studio. And this is a person who's... Uh, way more famous than we are. I'm telling you that right. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm just being blunt with you. And I was shocked listening to him. Not shocked that this man has become famous, but I've heard little snippets of him in the moment. I'd be listening to the radio and I'm thinking, is that my student, Rob? Oh my gosh. And then I just see him on television on Chopped. Is that Rob? Oh my God. And then I connect with him and say, can you come on the podcast? I think you have an inspirational story. So, hey, are we lucky? We have Chef Rob Thomas in the studio with us today. How exciting is that? Welcome, Rob. Welcome to the uh, Adventures in Careerland podcast. And you're our first in-house guest. How exciting is that? I'm, I'm very excited. Thank you for, for having me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I also feel privileged that I, I actually I feel like I'm one of the first to get to, to see these new shirts that you guys are wearing as well, too. <laughs> you guys do look like a team. But uh, really excited to to be here and uh and first of all congratulations on everything that you've been been doing and you know i've i've watched a few episodes of the of the podcast and yeah i'm just uh really happy to be the the next guest up oh my gosh he watched the <laughs> podcast and he still wants to come on that's, that's fantastic <laughs> anyway you know what rob you were my student i was a basketball coach at river east and um in those days we had big time river east was a big time basketball school we had 60 kids come and try out, and Rob came and tried out with his twin brother, Rich. And back in those days, Rob was about four feet two. Now what? Now he's about seven feet tall. But back in those days, he was trying out, working hard. And I remember with Coach Graham, we had to think, oh, gosh, we, had, we can only keep 10 out of these 60. Do you remember how big those – how many kids were out for those tryouts in those days? It oh, was, those were – well, you know, River East was also known as one of those – powerhouse schools for sports yes, so that's yes, where you went yes. if you were great at a sport so anyway we cut you <laughs> we cut you and your brother we were actually thinking hey maybe we can create a little rift if we keep rich and cut raw maybe we'll do something like that but we didn't we thought we better cut them together so they can eat properly at the dinner table and not be bothering each other and uh and, you know, having parent-teacher interviews. Why did you keep one and not the other? What's going on here? I know how parents act. I'm one of them. So, yeah, that was, in fact, we talked about that a little bit on the phone. And getting cut is not the end of the world, is it? No, it's not. You know, it's, there's something that you, that you learn 
uh, more and more as, as you grow up is that you can't always get what you want, uh, no matter how much you feel that you deserve it. But it's also not a reason to stop doing what you're doing. Yes. Do you still play basketball? I have not played in okay. a little bit. Um, you know what? I'm, I spend most of my days, um, you know, working. And I don't want to say that I hung up my basketball shoes, but I, I kind of <laughs> put them to the back burner because I was playing for a while and then I was, I was actually getting some injuries. Well, 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 you're getting on an age there. I know, I, I know. Uh, you know, and these injuries, they don't, they don't just, um, you know, um, Caitlin and Caden, you know, you guys, you're guys that are at age where if you get an injury, it's, it's going to heal pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but the older you get, it heals slower. And, you know, it was certain things like um, affecting my work. Like I broke, a, I broke a bone in my hand. Oh, no, You know, and no, it was, no, it was yes. affecting my work. So it was, it was a little bit of a conscious decision having to, to step back from that. But, you know, I still shoot around the odd time. And, I like uh, and I like I gotta it. stay I like active. It. Yep. And, of course, you two think you're indestructible. You, you are. You absolutely are. And immortal. You absolutely are. That will come tumbling down at, at some point. I part of the fun of this podcast was I was delivering it last year after a knee replacement because playing goal and hockey, spongy, bat catching, just killed my knees. And I remember taking a shot one time and snapped a part of my knee. In those days, we wore kind of – we didn't have equipment like today. We wore, you know, the old expression of wearing, I don't know, Sears catalogs for your shin pads. That's pretty much what we were wearing. And so if a shot got under that shin pad, it knocked off a piece of bone. And that's what happened. Anyway, enough about me. Rob, I'm interested. You're walking around River East Collegiate way back when in the 90s, mid-90s. What's going through your head as a grade 11 and 12 student about, well, I wonder what I should do. <laughs> what, what do I do and how do I get out of this place? <laughs> Was that what you felt, though? Like you felt high school, I, this is killing me. i got to get out of here? You know, it wasn't, you know, actually high school was actually a really great experience. It, I, like, you had some crazy characters. Like, I talked about Zolkowski and Sean Marchand. You, you knew all those guys, right? Yeah. You all those guys. Jamie, you know, James was on this. Okay. He's on this podcast, so look for his podcast. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll definitely check for him. I, because I did, I ran into him in LinkedIn, and James was also on one of those teams. He made it, but he was a backup point guard, too, and he's talking about, I didn't play, but I learned a lot about being the backup. Yeah, and you know, it was like you said. High school was actually a, a fantastic experience for me. You know, I had I had some some really great friends, um, but you know, you you, you kind of get to the point once you start reaching grade eleven, you know, you start thinking, okay, well, what am I going to do? You know, I only got one year left. Now I need to to start thinking about what to do. And I think sometimes you know we we either put that pressure on ourselves. It comes from our parents. It comes from our teachers. But at that point, it was the, the time when I was thinking, I, I have to do something. And it's also, you know, having a, um, you know, a, a father as a, as a teacher as well. He's also saying. That hurts. Yeah, he's also <laughs> saying, you got to do something. <laughs> yeah, even though we did nothing. <laughs> we went to teach. We had to do. I always talk about teaching as the ubiquitous thing. My fallback was being a teacher. Anyway, <laughs> could have been an architect or something, but I can't became a teacher. I'm kidding. Teaching profession is great, and anyone who's in it is doing is doing God's work. I'm telling you, we're we're changing the world. Uh, interesting stuff though in the hallways. What courses did you connect with in school that began to get the sense? I mean, you're a culinary artist, you're Chef Rob, and now that I I've looked you up and I and I've been 
reading about all your accomplishments, I thought, how do you how do you get to this point way back here? But I'm interested in what was stimulating in your brain? What was going on in your brain to even drop these seeds at some time? What was going on in school that connected you to courses or different aspects of it? Well, you know, it was it's very interesting because, you know, um, English was, was a subject that I really liked. Um, it, it had to do with, um, you know, a lot of imagination. Uh, when it came to creativity, there was actually a course in, I think it was offered in grade 11, it was like electronic music, and, you know, we were working with synthesizers. Oh, with and Mr. Things. Kula? Yeah. Kula was amazing, right? So, yeah. He, so he's th- still there. I ran into him. Still doing, still doing amazing things there. Fantastic. You know, and there are a lot of really great things there. Uh, it, it's I, Ironically, on the other side, you know, when it came to maths and sciences, those were those were my worst subjects. And, you know, when you're cooking, maths and sciences are actually... Key. Key. It's probably what you use the most. Do you actually find that you're good at math and science now because of your special interest in having to use them, those, those disciplines? Yeah. You know, it's – there's – and there's also different types of, of math. You know, when I say, like, when there's culinary math, right, it's, it's a lot of, like, you know, converting recipes and, um, and, and volumes and things like that. So that kind of got – to be natural with me. Uh, the science part was just knowing what is going to react with, with what when it comes to baking and, and, and even flavors. So everything kind of came full circle that uh, the thing that I, I really loved about school and, and the courses I was taking, the creative side, really helped me to create that imagination. But the side that I actually really didn't like the most uh, is is really, really important in in what I do because it's yes. it's also the foundation uh, at, you know every you know portioning um, making sure things taste right make sure things come out right so it's you know the, the love and hate came together well think about it every dish you make is like a chemistry lab it is every day and it, they have to react together yeah um, do, do you remember I think I sent you a note one time uh, just as I was talking to you on LinkedIn I said hey I'm making this food like what should I be doing with it she said <laughs> Make sure there's the fat in it. Keep some of the fat in it for flavor or something. I went, what? Okay, okay. <laughs> this was great. And I actually did exactly what you said. It was perfect. This thing was so delicious. Anyway, uh, but that is, it's, it's kind of a, it's a Petri dish. Every time you make something or you're experimenting, do you like the experimentation of what you do now? Like you're creating meals all the time. I love the experimentation. You know, it's, it, you start getting to the point where you're trying things that you know are going to work. But you still want to try it anyways and taste it and see if there's any little adjustments you can make. But, you know, it's the one gift I feel that I was uh, really honed and skilled that I've honed, um, I guess skill and gift, is that being able to taste something in my mind before I put it on a plate. Well, that's athletic. (laughs) You know, you visualize the dunk, right? Yes. Amazing. Do you actually visualize how someone's going to look when they eat it? Is, Is that what drives you or... Like, is that that end piece where you see someone eating your food? Yeah, you know, I can't, I can't really visualize what they're going to look like because everybody has their, their reactions. But, you know, some of the best, the best compliments you can get is, you know, you, you, you walk out, you present a dish to people, you, you talk about what's, what's in it, your inspiration. And, you know, it's, it might be a little bit of a loud room and then you walk out and then all of a sudden it just gets quiet. You know that people are enjoying your your food, and then you start hearing some mmms and some ahs, and and that's almost know. the opposite of when you think someone's enjoying something, right? It's quiet. That see, that's pretty cool. That, that's pretty cool. Like now, when I think of 
like I, I, I'm looking at my two young co-hosts here. The experimentation you were talking about, is there enough experimentation in school for you people? Or you just feel like you're doing some, uh, I'm, just, I'm just consuming material. I like what you said about, because with school, did school have enough experimentation for you? Or like you said, English had a little bit of that, right? I love yeah. how you're saying that, that these other pieces, like they're not static pieces sitting in boxes on their own. They're trying to develop other parts of you. Absolutely. Do you feel that way in courses sometimes? And what courses do that or did that for you in high school and continue to do that? Um, I feel like English did for me a little yes. bit because you got to experiment how to word things or how to like create a story or something. And I, I love that. How about you? Kate? Yeah, English as well. I was going to say math, but I had a lot of trouble in math. So that was more definitely like, like coming here from more experience and not being stuck in the class. Well, the trouble with math, the way we take it sometimes, is you're just learning how to do formulas and and insert variables, right? Like, Einstein was probably a pretty creative person, right, who developed Mm -hmm. theory of relativity. I mean, you have to be off the chart creative to do that. But I I, I don't think we put science in high school in that kind of scenario where let's create with science. It's just what's learned. Let's consume what's out there. That's been done already, right? Yeah, I think when it comes to the maths and, uh, and sciences, you know, it's still relatable to other courses too, but there's just so much out there that you really, you really start having to choose which, which one you like. So I feel that you know that high school is really great for that to be able to put a bunch of options in front of you to say, hey, which, which avenue do you want to go down? And once you go down that avenue, it's, um, it's that's where your journey starts. Right on. You know what's funny? You told me that. Uh you were a very picky eater as a kid. So as a young person, so at home, you said your mom was an incredible cook. Oh, absolutely. And you can never replicate some of those things, right? Even though you're a master chef, you can't replicate what mom does. And are, and now I want even my co-host to think, are there things your mom and dad make or some relatives you make where you go, oh, that is, I can't wait. Is, is, yeah. is he or she making that? I where you just go, oh, off the chart. And of course, your mom was kind of like that, but you were picky. How does being picky, that is, I'm not going to eat certain things and they have to be done a certain way, mom, and she accommodated you? Oh, no. No, oh, no, no, no. no, no. So, was, so was that like I was doing? You're not eating. I'm an Italian, right? You're not eating until you, uh, or, uh, you're not leaving until you finish that plate. That's exactly what it was. You know, it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't, we didn't really have the, the choice of just eating, you know, whatever we want food was always good it was always nutritious it was always hot delicious but you know i i was a kid you know and of course you know you get you 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 don't like things for reasons you have no clue you know you look at something you don't you don't like the color you don't like the smell you know there's there's so many things that i actually didn't eat before that i absolutely just just love now but you know my my mother was really great on on letting me make decisions and showing me when it comes to to cooking you know what what the importance of it is when it comes to like a family meal right yes doing yes, the dishes yes. setting the table okay, what was a me. dish that you just didn't like like when i was a kid for whatever reason my mom would make stew unbelievable stew i don't want anything to do with it and i think it was because of the texture of it like like you said the color and the texture of it. or when she made minestrone homemade like i should be all over that that sounds really good i didn't like the beans Right, it's just little things. I just uh, no get those beans. It's not minestrone anymore. She's saying to me, like I said, I don't want to eat that stuff. Like, For me, what? I think it was anything, anything, any fish dish. You know, oh, there's a few yeah. other ones. Yeah, like just 
I didn't, you know, you, you look at it. I didn't, I didn't like the way it looked when it, before it was cooking. I didn't like the way it looked <laughs> after it was cooked. And, and now I, you know, I, I can't get enough of, of, of seafood. So everyone has those, those, uh, those dishes that kind of turn them off, but then those dishes that, that they really love, um, Caden, what's what's a dish that you really love? Really love? Um, my mom makes pretty good stir fry. I can't lie, that's probably one that that and spaghetti is like the the mom's. Uh, she's always putting her little special touch in there, and it's always can never. I've tried. I can't. I can't make good spaghetti. You know, what? and it's gonna get better as you get yeah. older. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be that dish. Yeah. Caitlin, how about you? Um, I really like my mom's buttered chicken. That's okay. Really, that's so good. Can't beat that. <laughs> or her or her stew. To be honest, I, I love her stew. I couldn't stand so it. Good. I don't know why. And everybody would. I eat anything. My mom would make things, and I, I was a, I was a fat little Italian kid, <laughs> and I would just eat. Like, remember, an Italian household, you're eating pasta, or a minestrone soup, and then carne. Then you're having meat and another meal. I eat that every day. It was mm-hmm. spectacular. That's a multi-course meal. It, it, it was multi-course. Mm-hmm. I ate that every day. And there was salad. And there's a oil and vinegar but always a mediterranean style mm-hmm. menu right so as much as i was getting a little chubby um so i got one more question so all this yeah. talk about about food here now um i always think that you know when especially when you have you know a parent or a loved one that that really make, that makes this this dish that that you love even though you can't duplicate it i'm giving you guys some homework you guys need to learn those dishes mm-hmm. Ah, brilliant. You need to learn. No, no, no. Don't try. You can. No, you can you're do. right. You're, you're totally right. It's, it's uh, when my mom passed and, and, and passed with the lasagna uh, protocol and all the pieces. Like I, I know my wife would go and, and ask um, how did I used to help her to take it out of this, the, the boiling water. Like she'd make huge amounts of lasagna. Right. And it was mm-hmm. this high. And and I, I remember doing that, but I never actually questioned her about well how many how how much were my wife did and my sister in law did so those processes still go on with our children where we're going to make pasta today, and and it becomes a morning where they come over and we make pasta, and it's an all day thing and the That's pastas fantastic. are hanging over the the cupboards and all that kind of stuff and and we're making it so that we can all take something home, right? Yeah. It's it's uh, those are special moments and it's. Uh, I, I, I'm glad we took that initiative because you're right, Rob. That's a you lose them. Yeah, yeah, you lose. It's something something very important. It's something that you can pass on. You know, you don't have to be a huge you know culinary family, but that's how traditional recipes get passed on. That's how family recipes get get passed on. And even though you can't make it like your mom, even though you can't make it like your mom, you know you're going to you're well. Gonna have well, that you memory. talk on your website about community. How yeah. food is community, right? Mm-hmm. Is that part of it, man? Is that building those traditions that bring people together? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, cooking together, sitting together, uh, eating together—these are all very important things. And you know, food is a universal language. You can travel anywhere in the world and sit down at a table and enjoy a meal with somebody that you don't even speak the same language with. But you guys can still have the same appreciation for that that plate of food that uh, that's right in front of you. Yeah, I mean your your tongue can appreciate each other's abilities in different ways, right? You're you're tasting this brilliant. It doesn't have to be language. It can be a brilliant. Yeah. Uh, now you're also. I, I I I'm thinking about your educational background, because you mentioned that you had a 
uh, a twin, and you had a couple, a brother, one or two brothers? I have, I have three brothers in total. Three brothers, all kind of born within the same kind of timeline-ish between the five or six years, right? And mm -hmm. sending kids to university like that is difficult, right? The cost-wise is difficult. I remember our parents, too. Like, all that stuff was, uh, I had to go work. Like, I had to go work to, to pay for some of my uni and stuff, too, because mm -hmm. um, immigrant family who kind of, Never wanted for food, never wanted for a place to sleep, never wanted for clothes, never wanted for, had paid the fees at schools, but didn't get a lot of extras. So no. university was a big extra. So if you're paying big dough in those days, and luckily our university fees were down, so it didn't take me long to pay my stuff. But it's um, tough to bring all the kids into university. So your story about how you are a Red Seal culinary chef, correct? Yes. Okay. Explain how that happened when you don't have a lot of money in the family. Okay, so it was, um, you know, you're, there was four of us going to school, right? And, and again, like you said, like we weren't, it's not like we were in a, a bad position. It was, it was just the fact that, you know, you got four kids all trying to go through, yes. you know, some post-secondary yes. Education and you know we we're all we we're all working and you know and there there were some other things going on there with it, but you know long story short I was unable to finish. And at Red River College. At Red River College. Okay. So at that point, you know, I I, I took it on myself and and I'm just saying this I I was never really a fantastic student, uh, very studious or anything, but you know this was something that was important to me, so. I, I had my textbook. I read it front to back. I wrote out every single culinary term. I answered every single question in the back. And I went and I, I challenged my exam. And I, and I did very well on it. And it was, it was a really proud moment for me, um, not just getting my, my red seal, but, but I didn't give up. Yes, no, no, that's amazing. What kind of discipline? Think of the discipline going on here. I, I don't have enough money to go to school, but I have the textbooks. I'm going to study them on my own without any push or impetus from anybody else. I'm going to challenge the Red Seal exam, which is usually after a four-year program and a lot of a pre You've done your apprenticeship work working with people in, in the field, obviously. That's part of the apprenticeship. Well, I, I had some. I actually didn't go through, um, I actually didn't go through apprenticeship. I was still working. So you know, um, I, I was getting a lot of hours of work. So you had to you had to get a, an, a, an accumulation yes, of yes. of I think for me it was for five years yes. of of work. So they they calculate how many hours you need. You have to get people signing off on these hours. So I'm I'm going to you know to jobs that I haven't been in in a while. I'm I'm knocking on doors and trying to find people that you know remember me at this point and saying hey can you can you sign off on these hours? But you know what, I was, I was determined to, to get it. I was hungry for it. Is that a good metaphor? I was hungry for becoming a chef. What a great line. Anyway, but that's, that's, wait, that's a testimony to putting your nose to the grindstone and saying, I want this. I'm going to go get this. You know, my son reads, what's the guy's name, David Goggins? You yes. This book? Yeah. My son reads. Do you read Goggins' books? No. You know, I've, I've, uh, I actually have one of his audiobooks. I haven't got into it yet, but man, that, this guy's determined. Amazing. Oh, the, the determination. In fact, he inspired my son, who went on to get a Red Seal Electrical, and he was a. He, again, my son was kind of 
not into school, understood he had to do it, but was having trouble at the end, getting motivated and stuff, reads this book, and he's not a reader. Boom. What? He sees, a, I, I see a new life in him. I see a new spirit in him. Just about, you can do this. How bad do you want to do it? And he decided like you, I want to do it badly. And then he went off and got his red seal, his electrical red seal, which is, which is kind of cool. So my question about that is, where, does he, where do these motivations come from? Like, and I, and I, I leave that with you two as well, my young co-hosts as well. Like, where does motivation come from from, from you? And what's going to turn you on to say, I'm getting this no matter what? Go ahead, Rob. Well, I think, I think you just have to be in, in, you don't really know until you're in that position. Yes, yes. You don't really know. And then you, you, when, when you really tell yourself, hey, I, 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 I want this bad, it's, it's easy to tell yourself that. But what you do next shows how bad you want it. So, no matter what you have in front of you, if you if you have a, you're sitting in a university class or a college post secondary class that you really want to take, how bad you want it actually reflects on how hard you work for it. So you have to put in the work, no matter what the situation is. Some situations are ideal and some are not. But you, you have to put in the work, and the, the end result has to be more important to you than everything else you go through to get here. Right on, right on. Now, how do you, though, you finish that piece. You go hard and you finish that piece, get your red seal. Now you go about building a reputation for yourself. Most chefs just go become chefs and, and work in facilities. You didn't do that. You went kind of off on your own. Like, so where did this, you have an entrepreneurial verve to you. Where did this piece come from? And why did you go the route you did? I'm looking at your website and seeing all the pieces you do, how you are your own entity, Chef Rob Inc. Well, you know, I was, I was, I did work for other people. I worked at other institutions, but you know what? Again, I was, I was still hungry. I, I wanted something, I wanted something more. I wanted something that I can just be really, just be really happy with myself and be able to be able to control control my own destiny. So it was when I was working at the the Royal Winnipeg Ballet, we we did a lot of opening nights for the the board members, and it was a lot of it was a lot of catering that that we did. Uh, we also did a lot of um, in-house dinners, you know, and and now that's that's actually you know what I do. I really like that aspect of it, and I'm I'm a people person. I don't know if you guys can tell, but uh, I'm yeah, I'm a people person. You're kind of boring as well. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what you guys think. I... <laughs> so uh, it, that that's kind of when I just really started taking that that step of this is this is what I I, I want to do, and I put myself in a position to receive. A lot of opportunities and it was it just it just kind of started snowballing like that you know I ended up getting on I on love TV that man I, I, well, I just love that so you put yourself in the position but people still tapped you on the shoulder right they pulled you off to the side and said Rob by the way I love this would you be interested in and you kept saying yes kept on saying yes okay but that's you got so skilled at your craft though right like no one's going to tap you on the shoulder unless you're good at what you're doing. Yes, but but I also felt like I you, you still can get better. I think that that people 
people recognize your confidence before they recognize your your skill right if you're confident and you can keep on doing it your skill will get better as long as you're you're focusing on 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 both of that your skill can get better so i, I think that's what helped with with the uh, opportunities because you know I was saying yeah I can do it and, and to tell you the truth some of these things I would say yeah I can do it and then I'm like and you had no idea if I'm you like, could do I it I don't know if I can do it I've never <laughs> done it before but you know I'm I'm you know what I knew what I could do I, I knew that I could put in the work and get it done no that's a great thing I you're you're saying I run a program here called connect your dots and I'm helping kids and one of the things I say to them when we open up and I said, your superpower is, and they give me all these, and I said, it's going to be confidence. It's confidence. And if you have the confidence, you will learn, you will move forward, you will ask the questions, and you will just figure it out. Just what you said. I think that's brilliant because I really believe that. I've come to that realization. I'm an old man. You're not as old as I am. But you're a younger guy. You've come to that realization already. If you just say, yeah, I can do it, but no one in your heart you can, right? Like, you're not going to say yes to, hey, you want to weld this? No, thanks. <laughs> no, not in my wheelhouse. But you will say, when it comes to anything culinary, you'll say, yeah, I can figure that out. I can figure that out. Yeah, pretty cool. Now, where do you practice your culinary stuff? Uh, like, do you practice in your house? Like, just practice? Or do you always work in a separate space and keep that separate from yourself? You know, a little bit of both. You know, in in when I'm you know, working and I'm working out of a commercial kitchen, there's there's sometimes room for experimentation. A lot of times you're just kind of just trying to get the task done and, and work on whatever jobs you have. But th there is a little bit of room there. And then and then at home too, sometimes I'll just, I'll try something, you know, I'll be, I'll be at a grocery store. I love ethnic grocery stores, by the way. I'll, I'll pick up an ingredient and, you know, and say, oh, let me, let me just try and work with it. Let's see what let's see what we get. Do you love picking up ingredients that you've never kind of you've probably heard of most of them, but never tried and thought, I wonder what I can do with this taste? Yeah, it's you know, as as a chef, our our job is to manipulate the ingredients, whether we are are doing it very minimally and and showing you know the the, the true essence of the ingredient, you know, saying like even something like roasting vegetables, you know, like getting getting you know that caramelization getting that texture everything and then there's you know some doing pastries and, and mousses that change the texture one way or another our job is to manipulate those ingredients and understand it so yeah i do pick up things and i just i, I like playing with food it's back to the chemistry lab right yeah everything is an ingredient you're putting together and and trying to make it in a shape that's unbelievable uh, when you think about your reputation that I've seen, you've done a lot of things. Like, what are some of the, again, I, I saw you on Chopped. And I watched that show because it's so much fun. I know I'm, I'd be useless at it, but I'm watching some of the Chopped. How do you get on a show like Chopped, which is a national kind of, is that a CBC show? No, that's, that, that's, that's Food Network. That's the Food Network, right? That's the Food that, Network. So that's everywhere. That's syndicated everywhere, right? Yeah. How do you get on a show like that? You know, it was, it was really funny because somebody sent me an application one day just via email, and I can't remember who it was. I said, hey, you should apply for this. So I looked at it, and okay, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll fill it out and send it in. And, you know, I forgot about it a couple weeks later. I get a phone call saying, hey, you've been selected to compete on Chopped. I said, okay, great. Wow. So they're going to send a crew down to, uh, to Winnipeg, and we're going to film your, film your bio, like your intro. Mm. So while they're doing this... They're asking me. They're, they're asking me a bunch of questions, and they say, "So, 
who is your favorite guest on Chopped Canada? And I tell them, I said, you know, to be honest, like at that point, I said, I, I had never seen the show in my life. <laughs> And they said this. That must have got over. Did they start packing up immediately, or what well, did they do? <laughs> they were just—they were pretty confused. They said, "So, so why did you why did you apply to this?" And I just, you know, just like I told you, I said, "Well, someone sent me an, an application via email, and I said, hey, 'Hey, I'll I'll fill it out and see where it goes.' But I, I sent it in. So I it's just another example of someone tapping you on the shoulder, and you're <laughs> open to the experience, right? Yes. Yeah, pretty cool. So, yeah. what is that like? Tell us, give us a little bit of the background of what Chop looks like. Well, it's it's a it's a lot of pressure. Like when when you see people on on those shows, those those cooking competition shows, like Master Chef and Chop, yeah, and, and you see it, and, and you look at oh, that looks like a lot of pressure. It's one hundred times that. Really? Yeah, it's it's a lot because you, there's a lot of cameras on you. There's people, you know, spitting out the rules of you know this is what you can do, this is what you can't do. You know, I remember when I was told with Chopped, uh, you, you, you can't turn your back to the camera at, at any moment, you know, even if you're grabbing something. So you're just so conscious about, about that. Uh, you're, you're given a small workspace. Yes. And it's, it's, it just kind of just brings you in. It's, just, it's almost like you're claustrophobic because it's, it's, your cutting board is almost the same size as your table. <laughs> and you know how you see people running back and forth yes. all the time is because... You have everything, you know, your cutting board, your cooking station is in front of you, but everything is way over there. In, in a fridge and everything, Yeah, right? it's, it's in a fridge. And, it's not and like, they want you to run. They want to create the drama and the tension. And you're trying to beat someone for different ingredients and different things, right? They're yeah. trying to create this energy. Yeah, because they don't have, it's not an abundance of ingredients, you know. So say if, you're, say if you need tomatoes in your dish, they'll, they'll be like maybe like three or four tomatoes, right? So, so when someone runs up and grabs all those tomatoes, now you got to think, Okay, I was going to put tomatoes in my dish. What am I going to do, do now? Do they literally... So you come with no knowledge, like in terms of what it might be. You are literally making it up on the moment. Because my wife and I watch that sometime and think, well, they must have... They must have been given some homework. You are starting from scratch. Well, they tell you the pantry. like All those things that you're running for, they say these are... This is everything that you, that's available. They let you take a look at it. But when you open that, that box, yes. the, the mystery ingredients... That is not rehearsed whatsoever. That is as as you see it when you when you open the box. It's, it's and half the go. time there's ingredients that people have never heard of. Oh yeah, yeah. I I got what was the one that I never heard of? It was it was boudin blanc. It's a sausage. Uh, I was more familiar with like a, a blood sausage. So it's it was pretty much like a, a blood sausage, but there was no there was no blood in it right <laughs> so it, again it's it might seem like an ingredient that you know sometimes we look at shows like i know what that is but not everybody knows what it was and i didn't know what this was and so how to cook it i figured i'll cook it just just like a regular sausage there's one one guest that that knew to you actually have to boil it first everybody else was throwing it on the grill and trying to pan sear it and these things were just Exploding. exploding yes 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 but you know that's the that's the fun of it and it's uh it, it was it was a really good experience to see the tv side of it didn't didn't teach me anything about cooking it, just to see the production side and everything that goes into it it's it's so a lot confidence wise when you left chopped how did, did 
did your confidence soar just being on that space? You know, it's, I'll be honest, it actually kind of dropped a bit. Okay. Being able to go there was a great thing. Uh, I didn't win. Uh, I got chopped. I was, I, was, I was the first person chopped on that. And it, it, did, it did a little something to, to my confidence at, at the moment. Because you go on there and you, again, you, you picture yourself winning. Yes. And then something happens and just like I said earlier, you don't get what you want in life. And, and yes. you, got, you got to deal with it. And I, I did feel like I redeem, redeemed myself in a competition, you know, a, a year or two later. It wasn't a, a televised one, but it was for, for uh, Melee. They, they, yeah, you won an award there, didn't you? Yeah, I, I won their competition. It was, it was, for, it was about calling inspiration, so you had to send in a, a video talking about yourself. And, you know, they choose, chose a bunch of contestants. So I sent my video in. I got called the next day and they said, hey, you are the only contestant that is outside of Ontario that's that's making it to the to the final. So wow, we're going to fly in. They flew me in. I was able to create one dish and then there was another mystery ingredient. The, the one dish that they that I was able to to bring in, uh, you have to bring your ingredients. Right. So my ingredients don't show up. <laughs> so I'm, 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 well, they didn't show up with me. I, I packed them with me. They didn't show up with me. So I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And, and now I'm, I'm supposed to head to the competition and my ingredients literally show up as I'm walking out of my hotel to catch the cab to go to this competition. Well, what would you have done without the ingredients though? Kind of I, just bailed I, on them? Or? I, I let them know. They said they have some ingredients there. Okay. You, can, you can come up with something. But the whole point of it was to make your signature dish and then yes. a surprise dish. So I didn't have my, my signature dish. So I was just just kind of putting myself in the zone. Right and on. just saying. So what's your signature dish? We have to know. Well, you know, I think my signature <laughs> dish changes all the time. Uh, that one, I, I still remember that competition. That was, I did a... Uh, uh, Caribbean style pepper shrimp and it was sitting on top of uh, mofongo which is uh, which is a like a fried and mashed plantain and the sauce on the bottom was callaloo which is a Trinidadian dish uh, that I grew up with so I, I kind of just put together all the, the love of I of love that food. Rob I love yeah, that but, yeah. you, but you know what you just said to me Man, mama, dog face to the banana patch. I have no idea what you just put together. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. But again, there's a, a testimony. You speak the vernacular of what you are and your industry. I love that. I love what you were saying. Like that meal competition is a big competition. Yeah. That, that's a big time thing you won. Yeah. When I saw that in your bio, I went, oh. So that's pretty cool. The up and down of it, right? You think the chop. But I'm saying to you, you got selected for chop. That's huge. That's huge. Win, lose, or draw. Absolutely. That's a big selection. And as much as you want to win because you visualized, I mean, I feel proud that you were in my class, that you're from Winnipeg, that you did that. I, I, I think that's amazing. Don't yeah, you know what I You don't uh, feel down about that, man. Oh, no, that no. That awesome. You know, at, at the point, at, like I was saying, at, at the, when it yes, happened, yes, I, I, I felt down about it. Of but course. you know what? Even, even by the time I was on that plane ride home, I was thinking, you know, this is, this is great. You know, I know. You know how I many know. thousands of people yes. apply to that and yes. don't even don't even get they don't a get call a back. Sniff. They don't get a sniff of it. That, that's amazing. I saw th 
there's something special in what you do. Hey, just I'm curious too. You've become I'm looking at your bio. All the people we talked yesterday. Who are who are some of the cool people that you've cooked for? Oh, I've cooked. I've cooked for a lot of cool people. So I've I've cooked for one. I've cooked for a bunch of of hockey teams. I've cooked for the uh, the the Jets. I've cooked for the Detroit Red Wings. I've cooked for the New York Rangers. I've cooked for the Coyotes. All of them been really great. I've had the opportunity to cook for some musicians. Um, I cooked for uh, Drake what? when he came here. Yeah, this is this is before he started. Okay, doing, now these kids uh, woke up. Okay, <laughs> the kids finally woke up. I like oh, okay, it. we got to, we were here. We're alive. Yeah, that was it. Was actually before he started doing big arenas and, and things like that. It was it was a really great experience. Uh, the Roots, which is uh, Jimmy Kimmel's band, I had a great experience with them i actually had the opportunity to cook for them for them twice great group of guys uh it's a great band gr- yeah just what a band you know that's it, it kimmel was, it was, it was, like like kimmel for me has lost some of his cachet as the talk show host but he's still got the best band out he of does. all the talk show guys he does fantastic he does um there was uh keanu reeves uh, John Wick. John Wick. <laughs> yeah, I, I just saw John Wick four. <laughs> I tried to keep track. I tried to count how many guys were being killed in that movie. I, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. It's, it's a heavy body count. <laughs> there was uh, Henry Cavill. Superman. Superman. Oh, wow. Um, That's cool. Yeah, there was. Uh, you said? Did you say John Legend? You cooked for John Legend. Cooked for John Legend oh, as oh well. My gosh, that's uh, amazing. Boys to Men. Janelle Monae. There's, there's, there's been. Quite a few. I there's there's I, you know what I was actually going to print out a little bit of a list because I was just writing it down. I actually have some mementos that I save from them. I usually get them to sign a plate, so I got a whole bunch cool. of plates just sitting at my house with some signatures on it. So a lot of a lot of grandmas put plates up and stuff, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. Your plates <laughs> and plates. spoons. Right? I know. I was just going to say maybe I should start with spoons next. That's a big that's a big wall you're going to have to put up there now, right? How cool is that? Hey, that's amazing, Rob. Like if you weren't now. Again, where you've come, and I remember, I really remember you back in high school. I remember you, what kind of kid you were, what kind of writer you were, all that kind of stuff. Just, you're an average kid. Yeah. Nice kid, fun, nice, nice circle of friends, all that kind of stuff. Um, and when I, when I think back to uh, that time and era, and all you, you've learned in the last, this is 30 years. Is this 30 years? I don't want to yeah, age you. Yeah, it's 30 it's years. 30 years. What would you say to a grade 11 class right now if you walked in and say, I was right where you were, but here's what I think I'm going to share with you about how you're going to be successful and move forward and grow? I would say have values, for one. Um, put your family first. It's, it's going to be your greatest support system. And... Put in the work. Work hard. I know when you're in high school, you, you, you're, you can't wait to get out because there's this magical illusion of once you're done high school, how great life is and you can do whatever you want and you can sleep all day. You can do, you can do whatever you want. You just don't have to go to school anymore. But Well, these guys are doing really well at the yeah. sleep all day stuff. Right. Yeah, okay. But it, it actually gets harder after school. And it's not like you can't have fun. Like, have fun, do things, enjoy, try food, um, travel if you have the opportunity, try and experience a lot. But for anything you want, you're going to have to put in the work. And I think that there's a lot of things today that kind of confuse it. I know 
right now one of the biggest sought after jobs through for young people is being an influencer right That's right people, people love being an influencer because they think hey you know i just i just want to look good and take pictures and you know have have people have me as a guest and fly me around and well it's the do, rare kardashian that get that does that though right, right? but it, it's it's extremely it's extremely rare yes. and these people actually have to work really hard too it's, oh, it's, it's not totally. it's not just what totally. you see so put in the work put in the work early that's what i would tell my tell myself if i was sitting in that class with you guys i would say put in the work early because you want to you want to be able to enjoy things later in life there's going to be more opportunities to come but put in the work early and work hard and hard work will outshine talent every single day all right on what a great line. Again, you should be writing Hallmark cards. All <laughs> work will outshine talent any day. I'm writing that down. All right. That's that's super. Hey, Rob, I, uh, I I love what you said. You got some good things. We do a little feature called Quick Cues. What is that, Kate? Yeah. Explain what it is. So uh, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions here. Go about 10 here. and there. Just say whichever one uh, you prefer, or if you need to skip, you say pass. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Are we doing just one one word answers? Because I could be kind of I could be kind of a long yeah. answer type of person. Quick. So. No, this is uh, all right. We got to yeah. establish those we, rules. We, we've given you the win for most of the podcast. Now it's time <laughs> for, the, for the quick. quick ones. Almost quick. no air left in the room here. Now it's time for the fast food version of Ron. Okay. Yeah. Already. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So Tim's or Starbucks? Starbucks. Okay. Books or movies? Movies. Super speed or super strength? Ooh, it's a tough one. Super strength. Hamburgers or hot dogs? Hamburgers. Guacamole or salsa? Guacamole. Okay. Uh, train or airplane? Airplane. Catch your dogs? Dogs. Cakes or pies? Cakes. Sauce on the side or on top? Sauce on top. Okay. Uh, waffles or pancakes? Waffles. Night or day person? Night. And what's your favorite podcast? Adventures in Careerland. Woo! <laughs> you got the right answer. This one Beautiful. will actually go to air because <laughs> of that answer. That's great. And I just noticed you're a guacamole guy, obviously, right? I am. I have a I have a piece. I don't know why somebody like in the in the hospitality industry said, "Ah, oh, I had a little try a regular one. Open it up, not just in a sauce you're dipping with a, a nacho." I, oh, that's a school. That's a school piece going on here. <laughs> Uh, and I thought, I have a half a guac every morning. And I can't put a little salt on it. I can't get enough of these things now. Oh, it's a, oh half an avocado every morning. Oh, sorry, a guac, yeah. yeah. Avocado. I can't believe, I mean, the guacamole comes from it, obviously. But um, I just love eating uh, a guacamole. I don't know why. And I had, I had no taste for it. This is not an Italian food. But now I'm loving it. I get it. It's fantastic. You know, I, it's, uh, I, I actually have a diploma in nutrition. I could go down a rabbit hole, but I don't think we have time. Okay. But, uh, That'll it's, be it's, podcast it's, number two. It's good for you every the, single day. The, the other thing I have to ask you is, I'm a hot dog aficionado, and I have to say, I do like the Costco hot dog. I don't know why. Oh, so that is good, though. It is a good dog. So what's your feeling about the hot dog? You chose hamburger there. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I know it's a junky old thing to eat. I, I get I'm, that. I'll tell you this. I'm not a hot dog fan. I don't judge. I I think I like it. I think that when it comes to hot dogs, I, I need another level. So I give me a grilled sausage in 
in a bun. Like, give me like an Italian sausage on a bun yes. over a hot dog any day. I don't feel hot dogs have enough fat and flavor for me. That's what you told me in my little email he sent me, and that's what I've been living by. Um, of course, I put on 10 pounds. Thanks for that. <laughs> anyway, hey, Rob, this has been fun. I hope you had some fun. I have a special presentation for you. Now that you're a member of the Adventures in Careerland family, and you're talking about these great shirts, you get the special Adventures in Careerland hoodie. So have a look at that. I, I get the hoodie. This is, you get the hoodie. This, so, is, this is great. So now you can hang out uh, in the hood with the hoodie. Yeah, this is this is fantastic. Thank you. How exciting you. is that? I think we got to we'll take a picture of that. Yeah, later. yeah. But I can't tell you how how much we appreciate you being here and sharing some of your story. I think this story is inspirational. Thank you. I, I I think you were an average kid in high school who just with a great family. I love that you talk about family and how your family just kind of has always been a bit of a spur, a bit of an impetus, a bit of a support piece that yeah, helps you yeah. move. And I, I just think that's great. There's nothing you can't overcome, right? No. And I, I feel that from you. And I really feel like when you talk about confidence as a superpower, I feel that surging through you. So I, I appreciate you being here. I'm so proud of you as an ex-teacher of you. yours. You're, Thank you very you're much. You're an amazing, you're amazing. I say young man, but I mean, you, you're, you're beginning to <laughs> ache like me now. Yeah, it depends <laughs> on how I feel. but <laughs> You're beginning to feel the aches. All right. So I really appreciate you doing this, and it's been a special thanks to our producers in Geneva and Phoenix in the studio, making sure this sound is all working, everything's been hooked up and set up. Much appreciated. And to co-hosts, Caitlin and Caden, thanks for being here again. And Rob, hey, you made our day today. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much for having me. And that's it for, that was season, we're in season six, that was episode number four in number 65 of the giant continuum of adventures in Careerland. Take care, everybody. Mm -hmm.